0: Yeah, okay. Um, I got accepted to go to Mississippi State, but then I realized at the last minute that sports broadcasting would be a better avenue for me. So I switched and actually enrolled at the University of Alabama and got my degree in sports broadcasting from the University of Alabama, which I did, in fact, uh, receive my degree in December of 2010. And the good news is I am actually this fall, I am actually going back to school. I am in the process right now of getting my broadcast meteorology degree online through Mississippi State. So now I am actually a student at Mississippi State. So uh, within three years, if everything goes as planned, not only will be I be a sports broadcaster, but I will also be meteorologist Stephen Ray.
1: Very nice. Now, remind me, you used to work for a famous uh, sports jock from the South, right?
0: <laughs> yes, Paul <Vindon.
1: laughs> Who is not who is not the most well-loved up here in Big Ten country. Not going to lie.
0: Well, <laughs> what, was, it, what
1: was he like to work with? What was he like?
0: Well, he's not well-loved at all at certain times of the year down south because of the certain things he says about different teams. And I will just tell you, he is one of those guys that you love to hate. But – You have to tune in to see him every single day to see what outlandish statement he's going to make the next day. But in all honesty, uh, he was not a a fun person to work with.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, how long
0: did you work for him? Uh. 2014, uh, the year that Mississippi State went all the way up to number one. Uh, That was my first year of doing the rants, and I continued to do them until 2017.
1: Wow, so you had a a good run there. You had a good run there. Now, being from Nebraska, I I have to ask, uh, because the College World Series is big here in Omaha. Yes. Um, Are you a big Mississippi State baseball fan?
0: I am, an, I am a college baseball fan. I like pretty much all teams. I have season tickets uh, to Alabama, but I just love going and being a part of the atmosphere. Uh, not necessarily one team or another, I just love college baseball.
1: Nice. So you've been a good follower. You've you you've seen all the SEC teams as they come up here, whether it's Vanderbilt, yes. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and um, have you ever been up to the College World Series?
0: I have not. No, I, I would love to. Uh, now the only uh, venues for college baseball that I've been to is the old Duty Noble Field uh, back where they had the Left Field Lounge. I've been to the Joe, and, which is also called Sewell Thomas Stadium here in Tuscaloosa. And I have been uh, to the Hoover Met where they play the SEC Baseball Tournament. Uh, but those are the only three. Pl- oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, I did go to a Southern Miss baseball game when they played Mississippi State. So those are the four baseball venues that I've been to.
1: Nice. Well, hopefully someday you'll get up to see one of those teams play in Omaha. Yes. It's definitely an experience. But, yes. but we, we got John here to talk college football. Okay. We're over halfway through the season. It's been kind of a crazy one. We've had tons oh, yeah. of teams drop out of the top 25. We've had yes. major teams lose games that they shouldn't have. Uh, we've had teams that nobody expected to come up come up and play like a Wake Forest or an SMU. What are are your takes on this year? Like what, you know, give us your thoughts on this year's college football season.
0: I really feel like that this is one of the year that pretty much we are uh, pretty competitive across the board outside of Alabama and Georgia. You know, it's Alabama and Georgia up at the top but then everybody else is pretty much on par with everybody else. Like, you know, Oregon was able to go up uh, to Columbus and knock off Ohio State. And then Stanford, they off Oregon. And so you see that Pittsburgh was able to knock off Clemson. Uh, so I think there's a lot more parity in college football outside of Alabama and Georgia. I still think those are the two teams right now to beat in the country. And I would also lean more towards Georgia than Alabama, because Alabama, as you look at them, they are struggling right now in a couple of key areas. The uh, quarterback, Bryce Young, he holds on to the ball too long on third down and long, and he gets sacked quite often. His accuracy down the field is not as where it needs to be, like you know, Tua and Mac Jones were. He needs to work on that. And the defense is not as good as what Alabama fans are used to because they let Tennessee wide receivers run wide open last weekend in that game. And then also a couple of weeks ago, Texas A&M was able to throw for a lot of yards against that defense. So honestly, right now, Alabama is not a good of a football team as everybody thinks. And I really feel like the team to beat right now is the Georgia Bulldogs, because of that nasty, nasty defense that they've got over there in Athens.
1: So, right now, you have kind of those two as still the top teams. Most likely, if anything, they will probably make the college football playoff as things sit right now. Who else do you see possibly sneaking in there then? Because you've got quite a few teams, but – gosh, by the end of the year, there might be a lot of one-loss teams fighting for those three and four spots.
0: I think this is the year that you possibly could see Cincinnati jump in there. Uh, Obviously, they've got a tough test coming up in a few weeks with SMU, who is also still undefeated. But I really feel like right now on the outside looking in, I really feel like the Pac-12 is out. I just don't know if Wake Forest has enough of a schedule to get into the college football playoff. So, I'm going to say the ACC is out. So, therefore, you have the option of two SEC teams, a Big 10 team, or a Big 12 team. And then, of course, Cincinnati. Uh, So, this very well could be a year where you get Alabama, Georgia, and then Cincinnati. And then you're trying to decide between Texas. I'm sorry, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or Ohio State, or Michigan.
1: So, you're saying, so, in a way, you're kind of saying you're, you think Michigan's going to be that number one or number two team at the end of the year in the Big Ten.
0: It's either going to be, it's either going to be Michigan or Michigan State. I really feel like the winner of this weekend's game has the uh, best shot to get into. Uh, the 14 playoff I really feel like it because I'm still not sold on Ohio State because yes you can say that their defense has gotten better since the Oregon game however look at the strength of schedule of the opponents that they're playing so it's going to be real interesting to find out this weekend how good that defense has come and how far it's come when they play Penn State.
1: In terms of the conference realignment, I kind of forgot to put this in in the questions earlier. Yes. Uh, You have Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC. I talked to a couple Oklahoma writers earlier this year when Nebraska played them. They gave me their thoughts on the move. They were, of course, very bully on it. Uh, What are your thoughts on those two big historical powerhouses coming into the SEC? And what do you think is going to happen once they do enter?
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. I really don't like the fact of the pod system. I I like Hmm. the way that the structure is now where you play the West teams every year, and then you have two opponents from the East that rotate. I really like that aspect of the SEC, but now, unfortunately, when they come in in 2025, it looks like we're going to go to this pod system, and I really think that that's going to hurt uh, the SEC as a whole, because you're going to basically try to beat each other up. And you are also going to try and not only be out of your pod, but how is that going to work into the SEC championship game at the end of the uh, SEC season? Um, So that's the reason that I really don't like the pod system. And, you know, if you put different teams in different pods, then you could potentially lose rivalry games like Auburn, Georgia. You could lose games like Alabama, Auburn. You could also lose rivalry games like an LSU and a Florida. Uh, So those are great matchups that we look forward to every year, and it would literally suck to see some of those go away.
1: No, and and from what little I've seen of the possible pod system, it it does intrigue me because it sounds like you you would have your pod of of four teams, you'd play three teams every year, and then you'd rotate out uh, through a four-year cycle everybody else, which would be a benefit because I know some teams – like, have a, like, I think Texas A&M's only played Georgia once that they've been in. Yes. Mm-hmm. It would kind of alleviate that. And another thing from my understanding is that uh, you'd still have the championship game, but you'd, on top of that, have a buy-in game. So, basically, yeah. the four pods would play each other. The winner of those four pods would play in the championship game, which, in all honesty, I think is probably the most enticing aspect of, of it to the TV network because it's two yes. more games that they can make an ungodly amount of money on, and and I, I try to be probably like yourself, a college football purist as, as much as possible. But there's a right. reality that this is just a—it's too big of a money-making endeavor to not pass. Yes. Up. So, but no, I mean it's it. There's definitely a lot of questions in regards to the pod system, and oh yeah, I think you you brought up some very good points. Uh, you know, in terms of moving forward, there's going to be some major coaching changes happening. Uh, I'll just ask you about the SEC. What do you think is going to happen with uh, with the vacancies and the possible vacancies at the end of the year?
0: Uh, well, I, I would, you know, I personally feel like that if I were the AD of LSU. This is what I would do immediately. I would scratch off Wayne Kiffin from my list. I would scratch off Jimbo Fisher. And I would be boarding a plane going to get Dave Miranda at Baylor. Bring him back to Baton Rouge. And look, your offensive coordinator – needs to be Joe Brady. That's what I would do.
1: Do you think he would have the personality to deal with LSU's fan base and alumni?
0: Well, you know, he's been there for quite a long time. Uh, and, And Coach O was the one who told him and begged him to stay on the year that they won the national championship. So, Aranda has been down there for a long time. He knows the culture, and I'm sure he's made a lot of connections down there in Louisiana.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, moving yeah. on, uh, get you out of the SEC and the national spotlight. Okay. You know, uh, you know, we're a Nebraska podcast, so I got to bring it up. Um, it's been a rough few years for the Huskers. Uh, From what little you've, or uh, however much you've seen, what are your thoughts on on the Nebraska football squad right now and and, uh, Scott Frost leading them?
0: Well, I think the struggles ultimately go back to, in my opinion, and this is probably not going to be a popular one, but I honestly believe that, the Bo Polini hire was a bad hire because he is just not a proven coach. We all saw what he did last year at LSU as a defensive coordinator. And let me also say this with the tradition and the history that Nebraska has had, and especially when you guys. We're in the Big 12. You guys, year in and year out, either every other year or every year, should be on the level of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. And if you're not, then things are not and you don't have the right coach in there. And that's just my opinion. Because I literally feel like with the name recognition and with the black shirt defense that Nebraska is known for, they literally should be able to be a top-notch program in the Big Ten, in my opinion.
1: Um, regardless of your Bo Pelini comment, I think you just made a <laughs> – a few hundred fans with the last one. Um, no, I, I think you bring up some very good points. And, you know, uh, part of the reason why I bring so many more nationally based people on this podcast is right. to get kind of a, you know, 50,000 foot view, any mm-hmm. fan base, you understand this, we kind of get stuck in our own little bubbles and yes. to really kind of step back can be tough sometimes. And right. especially now when we're sitting at three wins, It's just been difficult to really understand what the next steps would be. Yes. You know, it's been four years with Scott Frost, and, you know, Husker Nation's kind of split on whether to keep him or not. Yes. You know, if you get rid of him, you know, who do you go for? And the college football landscape has changed so much over the last 20 years, but also, honestly, the last, let's say, three. You know, mm-hmm. what does it take for a team, do you think, to really get back into the national spotlight anywhere?
0: I think you honestly have to go with the up-tempo. Uh, I think that the days of running uh, the Power eye, like you see at Wisconsin, uh, I really feel like that that is uh, we're, we're, that's going by the wayside. And you see how Wisconsin is struggling this year. Wisconsin was in every game this year going into the fourth quarter. But what always happens to Wisconsin when they get behind, they do not have enough of a passing game and good quarterback play to get them back into football games. So you've got to be able to be balanced on both sides of the ball and be able to pass and to run the ball. And, you know, I really feel like in order to be with the times in the country of college football, you've got to be an up-tempo offensive scheme kind of like a mix of what Josh Heupel is doing at Tennessee and what Gus Malzahn is doing or has done at Auburn and is trying to do right now at UCF.
1: How about recruiting? Where do you see the future, or you know, the current state of the future of recruiting going in college football?
0: Uh, really, you honestly, I really have no idea. And especially – Because of this new NIL deal, it's going to be real interesting to see what comes of that and what also comes of some of the rules that are coming out of this. Because let's just say that, like in the the issue right now of Spencer Rattler, who is not actually a starter Is there going to be now a clause that says, if you get benched, we have the right to pull your NIL deal? And that could be a lot of muddy water there if you, in fact, try to do that. So it's going to be real interesting to see moving forward, not only the recruiting aspect of it, but also the NIL deal as well.
1: No, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, NIL is going to be changing a lot, and I think fairly early on now, in on in the first year of NIL, yeah. You know you're you're seeing that you know it maybe doesn't have the impact that people thought it would right away, but there's probably going to be some major changes within the law in a lot of these states to yes. not only protect the player but to also protect the businesses, and I, you know, I. <sighs> A lot of what people predicted, you know, this would be, uh, whether you're a Clemson fan or whoever, you know, yes. uh, A a lot of the 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 scare tactics against it have not come true, but it's all the unintended consequences that have popped up. Um, There are a lot of very good players with some really great nil deals who have not panned out this year, (laughs) like Spencer Rattler. Yeah,
0: and I'll also say this too. I think. The bigger issue regarding college football is going to be in the next few years the transfer portal. Because, coach, uh, I had Coach um, Hugh Freeze on my show uh, a couple of uh, let's see, it was last fall, and he was complaining about the transfer portal and what happens if three or four guys at the end of spring decide, hey, I don't like it here. I want to transfer out. Then you're not able to refill those three players because of the recruiting rules right now. So you are basically down three players because of that transfer portal. So I really feel like there's going to be and move towards more rules being put in place.
1: Learning close out of time. I've, I've asked you more questions than I was planning on. I, I okay. really just enjoyed picking your brain. Uh, you know, t- t- why don't you tell the folks at home how they can find you, how they can
0: follow you? Okay, you can follow me on social media at even ray 30 you can also follow me on facebook stephen stingray ray now i've got two sports shows that i currently do one of them is for uh, i am the co-owner of a youtube channel called third An- no i'm sorry called the ctn interview room where we've had big time guests and we have some amazing sh- picture you look up the CTS interview room for a lot of great content and you can also find my own show the stingray show and you can find that on Facebook under the stingray show once again
1: no, Steven Stingray. thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you don't mind, I might call you later on this year, uh, get you back on the show uh, once uh, yes. everything's said and done and get your feelings on it. But no, again, thank you very much. And yes. thank you, everybody, for
0: listening. Hey, real quick, I want to say this to all of the listeners out there. Go Huskers.